0: Welcome to Sustain This, a podcast where we discuss mindful consumption, personal style, and the quest for living a more intentional life. I'm Alyssa, a sustainable stylist. And I'm Christina, a shopaholic turned minimalist-ish. And I'm Sina, a color consultant and slow fashion style coach. Together, we will unpack the nuances of what it really means to be a conscious consumer and find more joy in what we have right now. So grab your tea your coffee or whatever floats your boat and join us in the conversation. Let's go. Yay. 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 (laughs) Hi, everyone, and welcome back to
1: our podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in today. In today's episode, we are talking about clothing as an investment piece. And just as a little heads up, Alyssa was on summer holiday in Italy when we recorded this episode. So if the audio sounds a little bit strange as to what it usually sounds like, you know why. Um, but yeah, let's get into it.
0: Oh, sorry. Go, ahead, go ahead. No, what were you gonna
1: say? No, just like, can we even talk about clothing as being an investment piece? Mm. Like, is that even possible? Because it's such like a yeah. privileged thing. You mean? Yeah, but also like it it decreases in value. Like it's ah, not like yes, a... okay.
0: I think that's and I think this is what's like the cool thing about this. So like I'm I'm excited to talk about today's topic. We're jumping into um, clothing as an investment. I think we hear this term very often, especially when we're talking about slow fashion, right? Like I've used the term, okay, but this is an investment piece. It costs a lot of money, but you're going to have it over time. And I don't know. I think this can be problematic. I mean, like all things, there's two sides. I can't wait to hear your both of your takes on it. Um, but I, I do think it's there's some verbiage around it that can maybe be a little bit misleading because as Cena mentioned, Fashion depreciates by, I think it's 50% as soon as you take the tag off. So how is it actually an investment? Um, I really think it's more of a mindset thing. I think even if it only costs you $4, it's an investment because you're wearing it. It's it's becoming a part of you and your closet. But anyway, um, tell me what are your thoughts? Have you guys used that term in your videos? Do you see your clothes as an investment?
1: Yeah, I definitely have probably used it like i've i've thought more about it over the years um because i know like you say it it's it's not something that will get more value over time unless it's like a vintage like chanel bag or a birkin bag or something Mm -hmm. which is like really really expensive it's not it's only gonna um lose its value um so um it's something i've definitely thought more about like especially over the past couple of years just as you know being more careful about what terms and phrases in general uh you know regarding slow fashion also being a bit more careful using the term sustainable fashion mm-hmm. I think there are some phrases and some some way to put things some ways to put things that we're kind of leaving behind now because it can be like you say let say it can be kind of misleading you know when like you say again I, I agree with everything you say that it it can be like four dollars it's a mindset it's still an investment mm-hmm. and um, you know, getting the, the most wear out of your clothes as you possibly can. That's where it turns out uh, to be a good or a bad investment, really. I think it, it's it's a good investment if you wear it a lot, like over time, I think. Um, like that's probably the best thing you can do, like wear it over and over again.
2: It makes me think about this new TikTok trend called girl math. Mm. Have you heard that? Yes. Girl math? Yeah, like girl math. Oh no, tell um, us about it. I haven't heard about that. So, it's, for example, it's like if I load, if I preloaded my Starbucks app to buy my coffee, then that coffee is free, kind of thing. Um, or now I've been seeing girl math being used in this exact thing—the investment piece as cost per wear. Mm-hmm. So, if I get my cost per wear, then this is less than a dollar, then it was a good investment. And I do I do believe in cost per wear. I think cost per wear is one of the barometers that you can use to see that you've gotten your money's worth, that you're getting the use out of the clothes. Can um, you just explain roughly what cost per wear is for Yeah, so cost per wear is the price of the item divided by the number of times you've worn it. And there is a... Kind of standard threshold that 30 wears is kind of your goal like once you've hit 30 wears you've probably gotten a good exchange for your money for the garment um but i mean if the cost like you know if something cost you ten dollars you wore it twice then it's five dollars per wear if it costs you a hundred dollars and you wear it x amount of times then you can get it even lower so It's really a ratio of how expensive something is versus how often you use it or wear it. So I think a lot of us use it as a guideline to guide whether or not this investment piece was a good investment. Mm. Um, But I just noticed that TikTok is sort of taking cost per wear and hijacking it as girl math. Mm. Um, But they're doing it in like a... It's lighthearted. It's meant to be a joke. But from what I see as someone who was struggling financially and had a shopping addiction and put myself into a lot of financial trouble shopping for clothes, like I used to make fun of that behavior and make fun of my debt and make fun of the financial situation. I would make light out of it. And it's like, I think it's great to have a sense of humor about these things. Mm -hmm. But it's almost that phenomenon where like if you tell yourself something enough, you start to believe it. Mm. And so it's like, oh, I'm going to spend $5,000 on this bag and I have to wear it X amount of times and I have to wear it 5,000 times to get it under a dollar. And it's like, how you know how many times – like you can't even mm. do that in a year. Like it's yeah. – you know what I mean? It's just – um so I feel like that can sort of run away from us a little bit, and we just need to be a little careful. Mm. Uh, so from a financial aspect, I, I, I'm wary of using the term investment piece slash relying solely on cost per wear mm. to justify the purchase. So that's where, like, that's where my sort of perspective has been on that. Yeah, it was really <laughs> good.
1: Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned cost per wear because mm-hmm. I think. As you say, that's probably the best metric you can use, like, if yeah. you want to put, like, a specific number on it and if you really want to, you know, um, make sure that it it was a good investment. Um, I think also that we use the term as a way to, you know, I think people use it with good intention. Like, we use that term because we actually want to be more mindful and more intentional with our purchases. Um And I think that we genuinely believe that by investing in something that, uh, you know, that um, urge to get that piece will kind of disappear. But it's not a given, you know. It can be, okay, I'm going to save up for a Burberry trench coat. And then once you get it, the rush or the excitement for getting that piece can disappear pretty quickly. And it's just until you find that next perfect trench coat or that next perfect piece you want to buy. So I think it's really important that, you know, we get to the root of the problem, kind of what you said, Christina. That you know, it's we kind of need to be honest with ourselves. Like it, the the investment piece is not going to make the urge for shopping or buying new things magically disappear. And I think sometimes, especially when you're trying to build a minimalist wardrobe or a capsule wardrobe, like definitely quality over quantity is a great great way of thinking. Again, I love that idea, but I think we need to be careful not to rely on that way of spending as a way to heal ourselves or like to Mm -hmm. refrain from frivolous purchases um because it can just spiral into becoming a new way of consuming over consuming
2: totally yeah absolutely yeah I like how you mentioned that we use the we use the fact that we're going to invest in something as almost like um it's like the reason. It's like the driving factor. It's like it's like it becomes the good reason to buy something if you have like a pro and a con list. It's like, oh, well, I'm investing in it or this is going to be something that's going to be in my wardrobe for a long time. But for me, per- like for me and my behavior, I would tell myself that all the time and then I would still go shopping. and mm. be like, oh, I had this. Now I have this forever trench. I only need one. I don't need Anymore, and then you know, two weeks later, I'm looking at another trench coat. So, like, I don't know how you explain that behavior that's like that compulsion, and just that you know, things new, newness, or craving for newness, and always wanting something. Um, and don't get me wrong because I do believe that clothing can be an investment in certain ways, but uh, it's just really like being, how you say, being honest with. What's the real reason? Do you just want it? Because I would tell myself this, I just really want it. And then I would create reasons to justify it. Mm-hmm. And investing in the piece would be one of those reasons. Yeah. And like if it's if it's expensive, just own it. Like who cares? Like if you have the money and you want it, buy it. Like you don't have to say that you invested in it mm-hmm. to make it a good reason to buy it.
0: Mm. Cause then you're being more honest with yourself and more honest with the purchase that way. Yeah. I also think it's interesting to bring up the the I think talking about things as investment purchases also underscores the false reality that a bigger price tag automatically means higher quality or like higher construction Mm -hmm. or whatever. Like that's not always the case. You can find something thrifted for $5, and it is a better quality than what you would find from a designer off the rack these days. So I think that's something that we have to be careful about too. And why I like both of your points about how it's really about the invest, looking at it as an investment in your, in yourself. And mm. I had found a quote, I don't know if this is too dark. <laughs> I had found a quote. Mm-hmm. Bring it on. <laughs> um, to Christina's point where you were like, I don't understand, like, the not like what is it about humans, like the psychological factor about how we always need new. And there was, I guess, I found this on Remake Our World. I must have put this in like weeks ago, but a study of 2,500 consumers over six years concluded that no matter how much money you had to spend, materialism was linked to an increase in loneliness. And loneliness in turn increases materialism. So this was sourced from Remake Our World yeah. from A Life Less Throwaway, The Lost Art of Buying by Tara Button. I'll put that in
2: the show notes but
0: I just thought that was really
2: interesting <laughs>
0: yeah.
2: and there is a loneliness epidemic especially post-pandemic and yeah yeah people working from home and all of that so I can um yeah I yeah and relate. you turn to shopping as a way to
1: cope with all that and give you some sort some sort of a satisfaction yeah. like a it's linked to positive feelings for a lot of people to shop and buy new things like it's which you know yeah so we like doing things that make us feel happy yeah even yes. if it's just for temporary
0: right. yeah I I wonder about the you know we just it's it's a big cycle so it's hard to get out of it and I guess that's it if maybe we switch the term from it's not not so much a financial investment but it's an investment in ourselves in yourself yeah I
1: like that yeah Yeah, because I don't really have any uh I I, personally I don't mind the the term like investing in something but yeah Mm -hmm. as you say Alyssa I think it's very much about like okay but what kind of investment is it because it can never be a financial investment unless it's again it's a a really expensive item that you know again a vintage Chanel bag or whatever it might be that might
2: increase in value over time mm-hmm. but yeah but like even with that can I just ask like so you sold your vintage Chanel did you oh, make yeah. more back than
1: what you got for no, it like I didn't no because yeah. it was it was in very poor condition when I bought it and it was even in even poor c- condition when I sold it so yeah. I it, also for myself it was like okay I know it's a really old bag but I cannot bring myself to get you know yeah. r- require more money f- for a bag that's in such bad condition yeah
2: Yeah, and but even with that like i feel you know if i bought like an hermes birkin or whatever i can't use it now it has to sit in my vault for it to Mm. appreciate in value because it's going to get wear and tear and like i just i mean i'm not a hermes birkin expert but that's just my thought like if you're buying something with the the idea that it's going to increase in value and it has said like hermes chanel I think they've increased higher than the S&P 500 in terms of like the stock market. Mm-hmm. So they've gone up like 14% year on year and the stock market average is uh, like 7 to 10% or something like that. So, um, But it's not a liquid investment. If I need the money, like I can't – and again, if you've been wearing it um, – my concern is that, you know, you're going to scratch it. It's going to tarnish. The hardware is going to tarnish. So is it really going to be worth more? Like mm. maybe, I don't know if you guys are watching on YouTube, leave me a comment. Maybe you have a little bit more experience on that, but that's just my thought in the sense mm. of like, if I'm buying, especially a bag that increases in value, does it have to sit behind a glass door Yeah, to, for me to Probably. be able to cash in on I that investment? Like,
0: I feel like that's more common sense. Like, it's, yes. but I don't know. Yeah. It- maybe the flip side of it too is like it's kind of cool to see these things as a quote-unquote investment because then it means like maybe that'll spur you to repair it more like I was thinking when you were like oh the Birkin so maybe it's like this was an investment now I need to take care of it because it Mm -hmm. was an investment not in the sense of I don't use it but like why don't I find someone who does the like refurbishing or whatever or get the zipper replaced so that could be more like a, a positive approach to see I do something like
1: that as yeah. an investment mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean I feel yeah, like, so like it also becomes an, a, a mindset like you said earlier that it's definitely more about that yeah yeah and so something becomes worth the price rather than an actual investment
0: I was just gonna yeah. say but then I think again that's why it's still so important to see everything as an investment because even if you've got something mm. that you paid five dollars for like I'll still get it repaired like the whole point is longevity it's not like yes obviously saving our finances and everything is great but ultimately keeping things for as long as you have and making them exciting and new again is is the ultimate goal so that we don't fall into that consumer hole um so there's i don't know there's always like eight sides to every coin but whatever (laughs) Yeah. yeah sorry christina what were you gonna say
2: Oh, I was just going to say, I feel like I think it kind of ties into our conversation about fashion being frivolous. Mm -hmm. Um, It's almost like we need to create a reason to justify wanting to buy something and how I like, so if I say that it's an investment, um, again, on that like pro and con list, it makes me feel better about the purchase because simply just wanting something for the sake of wanting it in the sense of like i like it i'm gonna wear it whatever when i became debt free i feel like and like really cleaned up my relationship with money and stuff and even minimalism i really had to do a lot of work to accept that like clothing is one of my money dials so um it's like i love spending money on health and like wellness at the gym I love spending money on clothes, like on a pot. I love it. Um, and I love spending money on like food and experiences with like my friends and family. So those are like three of my money dials. Um, but it, but because I had that fashion is frivolous or I shouldn't want these things. Um, and because it's, you know, potentially wasteful for the environment, like there's a lot of other reasons, but like you can want something for the sake of wanting it and that can be enough. Mm-hmm. Um, so if it's a piece of clothing that you're thinking about buying, like that to me, that's okay. Like obviously we still have to watch our consumption and your finances. Can you afford it? Mm-hmm. All of that stuff, right? But like simply wanting something for the sake of wanting it without having to justify it and create like a laundry list of of why. I just – I think – because when it comes down to it, if you if you like something and you want it, you just want it. Like, do you have anything in your wardrobe that's just like, this makes no sense with the rest of my wardrobe, but I had to have this. This is just something that gave me like an emotional, visceral reaction. It's hard to wear. It doesn't match, but I love it and I wanted it and I got it. Like, <laughs> you know, I feel like we all have something like that in our that's wardrobe. So I think just accepting what kind of like your money dial is, what you like to spend money on unapologetically. Um is a very helpful way to just like just own what you like um, Mm -hmm. and kind of get away from that frivolity of it. And if you guys want to learn more about that, uh, definitely check out the book "I Will Teach You to Be Rich" by Ramit Sethi. Um, That book goes into a lot more depth um, about finding out your money dials and where you sort of can spend extravagantly guilt-free within, I mean, within your budget on things that you love, and then you cut what you. And you cut mercilessly what you don't. And that really just helps you just own what you like. Yeah, because I feel like then you can always move
1: on from there. As you said, then, okay, the sustainability aspect of it, how can I keep nurturing that part of me that, you know, uh, if I enjoy getting new clothes frequently, how can I do that in a way where I'm not
2: doing it in a super wasteful, um, not very environmental friendly way? Like I think I'm talking, I'm talking more in the sense of like accepting that like you know your wardrobe's going to be bigger. It's not going to be this like little minimalist wardrobe. Or if you mm. like thrifting, then maybe you will have a larger wardrobe. Things like that. Um, yeah, it's all the use and like the emotional attachments that you have to it. Um, but I'm just saying that if you like doing that, then like if you like clothes as part of like your where you like to spend money, where you like to maybe quote unquote invest, then. Uh, I feel like you should be able to do that without Mm -hmm. having to justify the hell out of it.
0: I think you said a really good word and point, Christina, which was accepting the fact, like just accept it, which is such a huge part of just, I guess, personal growth and development as well. But it's like, I think the sooner you start to accept what it is, what your, as you said, your money dials are or whatever, as soon as you start to accept that, okay, yeah, my closet isn't going to be that Pinterest perfect, tiny closet with the perfect row of shoes, then I think you allow yourself so much more freedom to actually make better choices because you're not trying to be yeah. something you're not. Like I think in any way, even if you're trying to perhaps consume less, yes, that's a wonderful goal, but if you're still not being true to yourself in that sense, you're going to keep consuming because you're not you're not being good to yourself in that way. You're still trying to be someone you're not. Mm-hmm. So like
2: just own your shit, I guess. Yeah, like it's very nuanced and yes. there's obviously like it's complicated yeah. because yeah, you're right. It can it can turn into hyper consumption and like all that stuff and then you can kind of like feel buried in that and whatever. Mm -hmm. But I just think um, for me wanting something for the sake of wanting it, sometimes that's what I felt like I needed. Yeah. Because otherwise I could just like justify the fun out of everything. Um, But I wanted to talk about when do you guys think is, when do you think a piece can be an investment? Have there been scenarios or times where something has been the you've gotten the return or like you would definitely call it an investment a
0: hundred percent oh that's okay I understand the question now sorry I didn't get it before um yeah so a really good example is my Lueve puzzle which I know it's so silly okay but here's the thing with the puzzle I had been searching and saving for like three three years and I just couldn't swallow I was looking secondhand like there's no way I would buy that first whatever on retail because it's like they're like five thousand dollars or something now and so I was looking secondhand my my price limit was two thousand dollars which you can't find a puzzle for less than like twenty seven hundred twenty eight hundred but I found one for two thousand dollars and I did it I was like yes here we go but I love this bag So much. And I'm not a bag person. I find I find more value in things when I don't like them like sandals and and purses. Like I'm not I'm not a sandal person. I'm not a bag person. So when I find something that I like done now knowing this bag how good it is how much I love it. I it's I love it so much. It was such a good investment quote unquote that it is to the point where I'm going to work on replacing all of my bags to make them like a puzzle. I only need two, I think, or maybe three. Mm -hmm. And I would literally like, I know they're discontinuing the kind that I like for the new strap, which drives me bananas. But anyway, um, Mm -hmm. I, I would actually pay full retail. Like I, I like, I love that bag so much, but I wouldn't just drop if I couldn't afford it. I wouldn't drop everything. Like I would still like plan and save Mm -hmm. for it. I'm waiting. Um, but, that That is probably the best example for me of like an actual investment because of how good that bag is and how well it serves me. But because I don't like bags, if that makes any sense, you know what I mean? Because then I'm not searching anymore. I'm no longer searching for a bag that I'm satisfied with. The end. Oh, I love that bag. Sorry. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> so- That's nice. Thanks. <laughs> love story and that actually I think that's an interesting point too is like I think it's okay to be we've talked about this before like it's okay to be so materialistic in that sense I think because then you love it yeah you wear it all the time
1: totally agree I don't know anyway what
0: about you guys I mean,
1: I think a lot about like cost per wear and it's mostly like looking back because I feel like cost per wear is hard to predict, right? When you're buying something, you buy it with the best intentions, but you can never be 100% sure Mm -hmm. if it's going to be. You can learn a lot about your style so that you definitely like increase the... Uh, the possibility of it becoming a a really good investment if you will Um, but I think like something that immediately comes to mind for me is like something like my trench coat from Everlane it was actually gifted to me by the brand at the time I got it in I think either 2017 or 18 I'm not fully sure Um, but it's about it's about six years old now and I wear that Jacket so much, uh, especially during uh spring and autumn, and it's kind of like tearing, being torn apart in the lining inside now because I've worn it so much and it's kind of being like discolored some places. But it's definitely like in terms of cost per wear. I know that I didn't necessarily pay for it with my own money, but even if I did, like I've bought a lot of things, a lot of things from Everlane, and I still love the quality of their pieces. And I feel like that was a really good investment for me and my style I guess it's just so spot on and it's like I have other jackets in my wardrobe too but I feel like as a transitional jacket it's definitely one of those jackets I've worn the absolute most like I've I, I wear that jacket so much Um so I think that's more in terms of it like yeah also just being the right style for me like I want to wear it like
2: I just never get tired of it I totally would have thought you would have you mentioned your Acne Studios. Oh, yeah, coat. yeah. They, <laughs> they were a good investment like, too, yeah. I feel like those are like 50 cents a wear at this point. Yeah, <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah, because they're even older and I'm, yeah. yeah. That's and maybe awesome. It's because I was packing today and I hung out my trench coat to make it ready for when I'm, mm-hmm. I'm going to Copenhagen tomorrow. So that was like, nice. it just came to mind. But yeah, my my Acne Studio Studios boots were definitely a good
2: purchase too. Like yeah. they're, yeah, they're just some pieces that you never get tired of. Totally. Yeah, I find like if I'm talking about investment pieces, for me I have to sort of um like I really so if we're talking about financial investment piece, any piece I feel like that helps me make money or do my work is like a good piece. So not in the sense of like influencing and whatnot, but more like when I, I'm going to my actual nine to five job at the pharmacy. Um like there's a dress code that kind of thing so it's like if I've bought you know a pair of like black wide leg trousers I can wear those literally I've like worn them all week long Mm -hmm. with like different tops and blazers and stuff like that and it's like clothing that clothing that sort of adheres to the dress code but is still my style that I can wear inside and outside of work I feel like that's been a good investment Mm -hmm. Um, but even if like you Work like at a construction site, for example, like your steel-toe boots or something are a good mm. are a good investment uh, because like they're something that actually you need in order to do your job and make money and like that kind of thing. So it's like it's not the individual piece that you're making the money back on because you're probably going to wear it down and use it constantly. It's mm. more like this piece is helping me do my job. Mm. So if we're talking about like return on investment, that's of the roi that i see in those those types of pieces i
1: love that perspective like it's yeah (laughs) and i think that's why many people are drawn to like a pared down wardrobe because it 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 makes them it helps them get dressed easier at least that's probably the goal that you it it takes away some of the stress Mm -hmm. because you know things just work and they just fit um
0: yeah what's a good investment piece to you cena like what does that mean not talking like financially or like what does it look like to you
1: Mm, I think yeah to me like it's just really simply like an item that I want to wear Mm. like over and over again like when I I have like a few pieces in my wardrobe like that where it's just like I wear them at least two times per week Um, so for me it's a good investment piece is something that I just want to keep wearing Mm. And something that sits well, like comfort is really important. Obviously, I think that's important for most people. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, comfort and it being a style that I I just never really get tired of. And also, the you know, just being able to style it pretty easily. Like not necessarily every single piece in my wardrobe will go together or I won't necessarily pair everything I have in my wardrobe, you know, across. But... Also, just as my my wardrobe as a whole, I feel like that's a quality ward, like a good quality wardrobe is one that you want to wear, and that you know, yeah, I don't know. To me, this just has to be like easy and effortless to put together outfits.
0: Well, that's what made me think about it. I loved Christina's point about like, does this help me like live my life every day, like my real life, my work, my, you know? Mm -hmm. I thought that was really interesting. Yeah, I love that perspective. Yeah.
2: Yeah. So can. Can clothing really be an investment? I say yes it can. Mm -hmm. It's all about perspective. I really like I really want to go back to what Alyssa said about how it's an investment in yourself whether it be like what you're doing or your own authenticity things like that. I think that it's probably the ultimate investment um, versus like rationalizing away spending the money Mm -hmm. kind of thing.
0: Yeah. I think that was a great summary. Let's, let's leave it off here. And I would, we would love to know what you think. If you're watching on YouTube, leave us a comment below or always uh, subscribe to the podcast. You can find us anywhere. You hear your podcasts, Apple, Spotify, all those cool places. And you can also find us on IG. We'll see you guys next week. Ciao. Bye. 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 Thank
1: you so much for joining in our conversation this week. If you're enjoying the show, we'd love it if you subscribe to the podcast on Spotify and Apple and leave us a rating and review. It's one of the best ways to support the Sustain This Podcast at zero cost to you.
2: We're also a community-led podcast, so if you have any questions for us, topic requests, or even guests you want to hear from, please send us a DM on Instagram at sustainthis_podcast. underscore podcast. We read all of our comments and look forward to hearing from you.
0: We hope you join us again next Tuesday, where we'll talk about so much more than clothes. Ciao!